Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right, today is January day 21 as we read Mark 13 through 16 and then Psalm 20. Let's get to our observations from our reading of the Gospel of Mark today. First of all, Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple. Um, I've had the opportunity to go to Israel a couple of times, and it is, it's life-changing. If you have the opportunity to go, I hope that you'll be able to do that. Um, whenever you read, when you, if you have the chance to have been there, whenever you read in the Gospels about the life of Jesus, it's just an amazing thing because in our reading today, as we have descriptions of where Jesus was and the kinds of things he was looking at, to be able to picture that in your own mind is, is just really changed the way that you read the Bible the rest of your life. And I'm thinking today of, of just that scene there near the southern steps where they would have gone up to enter into the area. Uh, just the large, massive stones that, that are there that you can still see. Chapter 13, uh, verse 2, Jesus said, You see these great buildings, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. That destruction of the temple in, in 70 A.D. was such a monumental event predicted here. Secondly, the end days even the tribulation, are under God's sovereign control. You know, there's a lot of talk today, and, uh, you know, always, really, there always is, but a lot of talk today about the end times and when will the end times come. There's lots that could be said about that, but let's just, let's just think about this for a moment today. That the end times, even the tribulation, are under God's sovereign control. Chapter 13, verse 19 says, For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. The good thing is that as bad as the tribulation will be, even that is under God's sovereign control. And he is uh, protecting those who have come to faith during that time. Third, Judas sets up his scheme to betray Jesus. We read about that in chapter 14, verses 10 to 12, that he uh, was seeking an opportunity to betray him. Just a, a tragic reality with the life of Judas. Here's someone who walked with Jesus, who saw his miracles, who heard his preaching, heard the, common, the conversation every day, had um, incredible access to the Lord, and yet his heart did not believe. Let that be a warning to us let that be a warning to us that, that proximity does not mean conversion. Uh, that, that just because you're in church all the time, just because your family reads the Bible all the time, just because you're surrounded by people who pray and who love the Lord, that, that does not mean you're converted. Make sure that your heart believes. Make sure that you trust the Lord. Make sure that you 
love the Lord. Make sure that you really are His. Uh, the scripture says, make your calling and election sure. Make sure that you belong to the Lord. Um, lots of people like Judas are very close to people who are believers. Uh, people like Judas that are very religious, but not converted. See to it that you really do belong to the Lord. Fourth, Jesus arrested. Peter denies the Lord, and Jesus endures six trials. Uh, the gospel writers don't lay out for us in, in just um, a sequential order all the trials. We get that from what we call a harmony of the gospels. When you read the, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, put all the information together, we're able to see that Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then he endures six trials. Uh, the first three are Jewish uh, religious trials. The second set of three trials are Roman political trials, so Jesus is arrested, and then he has a trial in front of Annas, Caiaphas, and the Sanhedrin. They break briefly, and then a second trial with Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, which is the third trial overall. Then they're going to change the charge against Jesus from blasphemy, claiming to be the Son of God. They change the charge to treason, claiming to be the King of the Jews, because they've got to get Rome's permission to put him to death and Rome doesn't care about blasphemy. They do care about treason, though. And so Jesus goes to his second set of three trials, first in front of Pilate, then Herod, and then back again to Pilate. And we get all that picture when we put the, the four Gospels together. Uh, fifth, uh, uh, let's see. Fifth observation, Jesus is crucified and buried, but raised to life on the Lord's day. Isn't it great when you get to chapter 16? The ladies get to the tomb. Who will roll the stone away from us? And the angel says, He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Praise God. Our Savior is raised to life on the Lord's Day. That first Sunday morning of that we celebrate as Resurrection Sunday. Five applications. We must endure to the end by the grace of God. Chapter 13, verse 13. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When we talk about endurance, we're talking about two sides of the same coin. On the one hand, the, the Lord saves those who persevere, those who endure, uh, those whose faith is genuine. The Lord welcomes them into heaven. Um, the other side of that coin is that we are called to endure. We are called to persevere in our faith. And so the way I often like to describe this, this truth is that if you are a parent and you've got a little child and you're crossing the street and there's cars coming, that parent grabs the hand of the child and says, don't let go. Don't let go of my hand. Don't go off on your own way. Don't run away from me. Stay here holding my hand as we cross the street so that you can safely get to the other side. And yet, while that's the admonition the parent gives the child, what is also true is that that parent is holding the child's hand. That parent's not going to let that child go. So the encouragement to the child is don't let go. Don't stop holding on to me. But the even greater truth is that a hand bigger and stronger is holding on to that child saying, I won't let you go. So yes, we are called to endure to the end. 
we are called to persevere in our faith. But the truth is, those who are truly in Christ will persevere until the end, and those who do persevere will be saved. We are to hold on to the Lord throughout all the days of our life. But the great truth is the Lord is holding on to us, as Jesus said, All the Father give to me, not one will I lose, and no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. Second application, trust in the words of the Lord that will never pass away. Chapter 13, verse 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The word of the Lord is forever. Isaiah said that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. We trust in the word of the Lord that endures forever. Third, participate in the Lord's Supper with your church and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. The Lord's Supper is a very important part of worship in the local church. And one of the reasons why we should participate in worship with the local church is because that's where um, this ordinance of Lord's Supper is to be carried out. It's something we do together. It's something we do as we gather. It's not something we do just individually on our own. Lord's Supper is to be a part of the life of the church. And when we take the Lord's Supper together, it purifies us because we are confessing our sin It unifies us because we remind ourselves that we are all sinners with one Savior. It also signifies to us that Christ has died for us and is coming again for us. So the Lord's Supper is a very, very important part of the life of the Christian in the local church because it purifies, it unifies, and it signifies that which we are to be proclaiming, that Christ died for us, that Christ is coming again for us. So whenever your church participates in worship through the Lord's Supper, make that a high priority for your life and your family to be a part. Fourth, because the flesh is weak, we must seek the help of God to live by the Spirit. Because the flesh is weak, we must seek the help of God to live by the Spirit. Chapter 14 In verse 38, the Lord says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, Paul talks about we have to buffet our bodies. Uh, We we discipline and train our bodies to do what what we want it to do. Otherwise, if you live by your emotion, live by your feeling, or or live by your flesh, um, we're we're, going to fall, we're going to fail. And so... To, to read your Bible takes discipline. It takes time. In fact, even, even right now, um, those who have committed to read through the Bible, um, even, this, even this journey that we're on now, uh, people start to, to slip away. And I'm not saying they're not believers. I'm not saying they don't love the Lord. I'm not saying that you can't love Jesus um, and be his disciple even if you, you know, don't continue and you read the Bible in a year program. Of course you can. Of course you can. But I will say that January 1st, the, the spirit is willing and the flesh is willing. Uh, it's exciting, it's fun, it's new, and, and people want to accomplish something that's worthwhile. And so January 1st and 2nd and 3rd, it's not real hard to read through the Bible every day. But we start getting two weeks, three weeks into it, it's harder. Um, things come up and life gets busy and... Uh, distractions come, and now you're having to choose to 
to live by what you prioritize or live by what's convenient. Um, it gets harder and harder, uh, which is why we want to live by priority, not convenience. Um, and so in all things of our life, we recognize that the spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. And because of that, uh, we seek the help of God to live by his spirit, uh, doing what he tells us to do in his word so that we would be obedient to him. And then fifthly, the Lord loves his children, even though we often fall hard. Chapter 16, verse 7, after the resurrection. Notice what the angel says here, verse 7. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. Why does the what does the angel add that phrase, and Peter? He says, go tell the disciples. Peter's included in that. Why, why do we need the clarification, and Peter? And I think the reason is because just a couple of days ago, Peter fell hard. Three times, Peter denied that he knew Jesus. Sir, are you the one that's with Jesus? No, I don't know him. Are you sure? You, you, you seem like the one who's with Jesus. No, I don't know him. Are you sure? Because your, your voice, your, your words, it sounds like the one who's with Jesus and calling down curses on himself. He says a third time, I do not know the man. Peter falls and he falls hard. And then Sunday morning, the resurrection happens. The price for our sin has been paid, including the price for Peter's denial. Christ has paid for that too. And so heaven says, go tell the disciples and make sure you tell Peter. He's not been left out. He's not been forsaken. He's not been abandoned. Yes, he sinned. Yes, he fell. Yes, he fell hard. But Christ on the cross paid for his sin. So you go tell the disciples and Peter. Make sure you grab Peter and tell him what has happened. Our sins are covered. The debt is paid. Our salvation is secure. And then a summary of Psalm 20. The Lord answers, protects, helps, supports, and saves his people. And we trust in him above all things. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. When you read Psalm 20, and if you've already read it, go back, um, take you just a minute, go back and read Psalm 20 again, and just look at the verbs. Look at the verbs that are given to us there of all the things the Lord does for us. Answers, protects, helps, supports, remembers, regards, grants, fulfills, saves, answers. Go back and reread those brief nine verses and just look at all the verbs, all the action that the Lord is taking for you. It will encourage you today as you think about his goodness for you. All right, be blessed, be encouraged. Have a great day.